On today's episode of Double Down Trent, it is the final four weekend and we are previewing both matchups, including UCLA going up against the train that is Gonzaga. And then we've also got Baylor versus Houston. We're breaking down the lines, the over-unders, what we think is the best matchup in the championship game, plus a little creative math gambling from Coulter and Mr. Model on what you might want to do if you got some upsets in the tank. Stay tuned for episode number 103 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where we're talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co host, as always. Joining us tonight, Mr. Model Aaron. How you doing, bud? Uh, happy Thursday. Happy opening day, even though we won't talk much about it. Uh, baseball season is here. It's going to be glorious, but we are uh, covering mostly NCAA basketball tonight, which is also uh, coming to a climactic end here. Yep. Yep. Opening day felt weird because uh, the Nats game got postponed due to COVID. It's like, what the hell? We've got the entire spring training, no COVID opening day, COVID. Here we go. Done. So. And then you have Texas. Texas is opening up against Toronto next week with full fans. Go figure. That's just going to be so bizarre. It's it's, it's a whole new world out there. So going to be an interesting MLB season off to a little rocky start. That voice you heard is our insider Coulter. How you doing, bud? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in. It's just so ironic. The world that we're living in, right? It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. You never know Uh, what you're going to get. Exactly. I'm doing great. It's April 1st. It's, uh, you know, the time of the sports calendar where all the sports kind of converge. You've got basketball and hockey are in their post, you know, stretch here. You've got NFL draft coming up. And as Mr. Model alluded to, you've got baseball starting today. And then obviously the final four after what has been really a fun tournament and uh, looking forward to Saturday's games, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just a great time to be a sports fan. We got the Masters obviously coming up next weekend. Maybe we'll do a little little potting around that. Yeah, I think we'll mm. throw a little cash around on the Masters. <laughs> Why not, you know? Now, obviously this is our podcast. We've dabbled in some video in the past, but I bring this up because Coulter, you are rocking a glorious glorious mustache. Before we begin, I got to get a little history on this. What was the inspiration for the stash? Uh, well, I'm going out to Colorado tomorrow and, you know, I just wanted to grow it out a little bit. I had my facial hair and, uh, you know, I went to shave last week. I gave myself a little goatee and I think I screwed it up on the (laughs) left side. I cut it too close, but I wanted to still keep a little facial hair just as, you know, a form of expression, really. It's, you know, how I'm feeling right now in my life. I am 30 years old. I wanted a new look, you know, see how it goes with my clothing. Maybe I buy a new shirt or something, new hat, new cowboy boots or something. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But this is where I'm at in my life. Form of expression. And uh, yeah, it was was a goatee that turned into a mustache. But I actually like the mustache. I think it was a a blessing in disguise that I screwed up the goatee because the mustache is much more acceptable. As you know, I'm a full proponent of the mustache. I've had some pretty Andy Reid bushy stashes on this pod before, so I'm all in support. I think it's a fantastic look, my friend. 
Thank you. I appreciate the support. I have been kind of getting it from the uh, wife all week, so I appreciate <laughs> the support on the podcast. Got to support the mustaches when we see them. Well, let's jump into it. We got the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. Uh, I guess some things were expected. We got a couple of number ones in. We got a two seed. And then, of course, we've got the 11 seed. So let's talk about it. But first, uh, we had some good weekends uh, with picks here. So double down Trent. We've been hot with our picks. Uh, let's start with the first one that you threw out, Coulter, uh, on the on the message board on Signal, the official messaging app of Double Down Trent. Go ahead and give us some insight on that USC pick you threw out there. Yeah, USC on uh, what was it Sunday night or Saturday? Yeah, again, no Sunday night against Oregon was minus two. That was the best best bet extravaganza. I texted the boys. And we all got in on that turkey. That was that was a nice little Thanksgiving feast at the end of March. Um, gobble gobble, we carved that bad boy up, and and the ducks just could not run with the uh, the Trojans. The Trojans were bigger, badder, and I have to say this: uh, you know, they ran into a buzzsaw the other night, and they looked like a high school team against Gonzaga. But I I swear, if they were in any other region, I feel like this might have been a Final Four team. They looked they really, really good. They dusted the hell out of Oregon, who is a good Pac-12 team, probably the best Pac-12 team I saw in the regular season uh, when I watched that conference very lightly. Uh, and they made them look like a JV team. And then they beat Kansas down probably their worst loss in tournament history, I think. So uh, really a great team. But then obviously Gonzaga just bashed their brains in uh, a few days later. Yeah. I want to see obviously how it plays out and see what happens with Gonzaga here, because in retrospect, in hindsight, you can go back and look at it because I think ultimately that USC game, you're going to say, you know what, them losing even by what 18, I don't even know what the final was. They lost by a lot of points. We might look back and be like, Hey, they are the closest that anyone came to take it down Gonzaga. It could be that, that, you know, just they're a steamroller machine and USC really gave them a run. Uh, Mr. Model, I want to talk to you because we got in on one, uh, on the Gonzaga train a little bit, uh, on, Tuesday, I'm losing track of my days here. Let's go over that bet that we put down. I don't know what Gonzaga bet are you talking about? We had the Gonzaga Michigan money line parlay, my friend. Come on. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I've already put that out of my mind. That, I, I was, was going to say that was a that was a big L. That's why what? Mr. Model doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Once you lose, you throw it away from the memory. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, for that one, Gonzaga against USC. Um, we both, and I had run my model on this and to me, it was an obvious Gonzaga win. It looked like they were going to cover, uh, pretty mightily. But then the other one that I had liked was, uh, Michigan against UCLA. Um, part of this was just uh, a hedge since I don't have a future on Gonzaga in general, but I would have expected Michigan to, to cover that game and come out victorious. Obviously it did not happen. UCLA has been playing incredibly good basketball these last couple of weeks, I uh, will be inter- interested to see how they match up against Gonzaga, but Michigan uh, takes a, a salute and a sayonara from the tournament. Yeah, they uh, they really blew it down the stretch. I thought their last at least three possessions I thought were just terrible. They really had an opportunity to win that game. I don't know what, what, what Wagner was doing at the end of that game. I mean, he was just chucking up balls. He looked like the guy from uh, Along Came Polly, just making it rain. Hey, you know, oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? There we go. Oh. <laughs> God, Sandy, chucking up. That's an all time performance. Incredible. Um, I got back on the gravy train, though. So I took the USC uh, little tip that Coulter got out there, got me back into the positive. So I was feeling good. So I put down a couple of bets going into Gonzaga. So 
I'll run through these, but I want to let everyone know I am all aboard the Gonzaga train. They are choo-choo, choo-choo that train, baby. They have been covering like crazy. So I took them to cover, which I believe the spread was 12 and a half uh, going into the the USC game. I was like, no, it's nine. Was it nine? You're right. Right. My my uh, tip guy that I saw online who I've been following too. I'm going to keep that one close to my chest. He said, I'd like this up to 12 and a half. So when I saw that, I think I got it actually at eight and a half. Uh, I was like, boom, nice. taking it. Um, I got a little greedy. I thought it was going to be a good pick though. I did the money line Gonzaga, Michigan parlay looked good for a little bit, but whatever lost that one. I also thought that the USC Gonzaga game was going to go way over. And I came so close, missed it by two points. So I took an L on the over but Coulter, when we were talking about the Michigan Gonzaga parlay, we saw Barstool had it out there, big capital out there, the can lose parlay. You throw your antennas up. You were like, something doesn't feel right about this. So I took your advice and I took UCLA plus six and a half because I thought they would keep it close, but I wanted the money line Michigan win. Tight little window, but I was hoping it hit. So I didn't completely hit that one, but I did get the plus six and a half on UCLA. So I you know, ultimately didn't quite break even on my bets, but I'm still up because of the UC uh, USC bet. So thank you, my friend. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. I'm just glad that we all could cash on that one. That was a nice, easy ride on a Sunday evening. Uh, you know, the timing of these games are kind of weird. You mentioned that UCLA game went to like after midnight. And so I also had a UCLA plus seven ticket, which cashed, which concluded probably the best four day stretch of college basketball. I think I might've ever had in my life. Uh, between the USC play Sunday night and UCLA Tuesday night, and then also a parlay with Michigan and UCLA Saturday. Um, or actually, sorry, that was Sunday. <laughs> We're losing <laughs> yeah, track. So <laughs> I was going to say, clearly we, we need a calendar. But yeah, it was a nice little stretch there. And the, the UCLA one too. The, the funny thing about that is Michigan was Florida State was minus two. And then it got bet all the way up to, or the line was seven against UCLA. It didn't make any sense to me. And that's why I jumped on the Bruins there late. Mick Cronin keeps things close with that defense. I don't know if they'll hang with Gonzaga. We'll get into that line in a second, but that one stood out to me. Plus seven was just fishy. And then, yeah, we, we, you're right. We talked about that too easy uh, to play money line. And then of course it came to fruition after midnight on, on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Brutal. And then Mr. Mott, I want to get your opinion on this one because I took, uh, again, all aboard the Gonzaga train choo choo. Here we go. Uh, I took them to win it all plus plus one twenty five. I thought, you know what? I'm just, I'm just still getting plus money with Gonzaga and I think they're a steamrolling machine. So I just took that bet. Uh, what do you make of that? Do you think it's all right? I, th- I don't think that's a bad bet at all. Um, I think that uh, they will steamroll UCLA and probably face a pretty good Baylor or Houston squad for that matter in the, in the championship. And we'll see what happens there. But yeah, if you're getting plus money at this point with two games to go, you know, I don't, I don't they're, hate it. They're at minus all. I think 200 right now. Yeah. And that in was my thought. Minus 225 in some spots. Yeah. Right. Even worse. Right. I figured if they, if they make it to the final four, they're going to be the prohibitive favorite once they're there. So I saw it sitting there. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to roll the dice on this one. Uh, context though, I want to just, you know, throw a little bit of, don't be afraid to fade yourself to our listeners, because I did the same thing in NFL with the chiefs. I took the chiefs kind of late in the season at like plus 400 or something like that. And I was like, they're a wagon, they're going to win. And of course they didn't. So any listeners out there who want to ride with me on this Gonzaga train buyer, beware. I've been known to throw out the jinx. So 
just want to put that. Does out Baylor there. have Tom Brady though? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think so. Last time I checked. <laughs> so obviously, too, before we look at the games and the lines and our picks here, I want to go over your guys' thoughts uh, with the format. So not our typical Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule here. So there's some pros and cons here. So I want to see what you guys thought here. Obviously, on Saturday and Sunday. The pros are they showed every sweet six game, sweet 16 game in its entirety. They weren't overlapping like they've done. So you didn't have to flip or choose the games. Loved that. But the flip side of that, the cons were that we got late games on Monday and Tuesday, a 10 o'clock Eastern time tip is like almost impossible for a normal human being to stay up and, and watch. Uh, let's start with you, Coulter. what do you think about the new format here? Uh, I mean, it was fun to have the games uh, in the style that you were talking about. You can do one at a time. That was a plus. In fact, I hope that they do it next year, just on the Thursday, Friday, and the people that have to work during the day miss some of those games. So be it like that's just how it is. And then roll into Elite Eight on a Saturday afternoon, maybe where you get five and eight o'clock, kind of like how they have the final four this week, which I think is fine. I'm fine with an eight o'clock start. Yeah. Eight o'clock is different than 10 o'clock because 10 o'clock, you're, you know, you're not getting done until after midnight, at least eight o'clock. There's the hope that it'll be finished at 11 o'clock and that's, you know, a normal hour. So, uh, yeah, but then I, I, as good as the weekend was breaking those games down individually, like they did, uh, I had the reverse feeling for the late night stuff, obviously. And then Michigan UCLA game was a classic and nobody got to see it. And Alabama UCLA was great too. And I think that one, Actually, USC Oregon was actually on even later than that game, but uh, still, same thing, just too late. Yep, Mister Model, you that got, I was gonna say you got the benefit of being out in uh, in Mountain Time. Yeah. So, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, and those games are even you know later for me than what I'm what I'm used to. So I, I didn't even I really appreciate those games starting at eight or nine. Um, here, obviously, the the ten o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock here. That, no need for it. I don't know why you don't shift that a little bit earlier. I get the USC Oregon game. It's mostly a West coast audience who might be interested, but at this point, everyone is interested in these games. It's like, you, you should really appeal to a national audience, shift those games an hour or two earlier and really get them in prime time and, you know, call it a day. Yeah. And I, I get their like attempt is they want to get as many games in quote prime time as possible and then catch the West coast. But like start the game at like six 45, and 845, even that is a is a benefit, is a win for everybody, because we were talking and we had a feeling that the uh, Michigan UCLA game was going to be down to the wire. It was going to be a great game and they buried it. It was the 10 o'clock tip off. We barely got to watch it. I'm going to quote my good friend, uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. He's one of my favorite all time sports, uh, sports talk radio legends. He always says, give us a chance to watch the damn thing, will you? And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I had the uh, the parlay going with Gonzaga, Michigan, so I was trying to stay up. I was had to watch it on my iPad in bed because I was so tired. I was falling asleep. I, I know I sound like an old man here, but come on. It's just ridiculous. But I do like the idea, Coulter, of doing the Sweet 16 the way they did it, but on Thursday and Friday. And sorry, if you're working, you can't watch it. If you're not working from home, sorry. So be it. Yeah, that or stunt them where it's just like maybe four, six, eight, ten, and then like you're just kind of the ending of the games are all at different times or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, you know, for the Sweet Sixteen, I think it just doesn't work when you have 
a, the key game to the final four. I mean, that lose, the final four loses its luster because one of the final four births wasn't watched by the whole country. You know, yeah. like you need it. You need that on Sunday afternoon. You need UCLA beating Michigan and the whole country watching Mick Cronin cut down the nets and his dad in the stadium. Yeah, it loses its power um, when it's on Tuesday after midnight. And that was arguably the best game of the uh, of the Elite Eight. So. Just terrible timing. Um, I do want to say, if there's anyone out there that hasn't bet college basketball, it's just such a wild ride. So I had been mostly just betting the spreads, maybe a couple of parlays here and there. Uh, But like I was saying, I dabbled in the first over-under of the tournament. And those are so wild in college basketball because you never know what the coach's strategy is. Like some coaches, if they're down 10 with a minute to go, they're adopting the foul method. Let's extend the game and how people are shooting free throws. And you're like, holy shit, I got a chance of covering this number here. The flip side of that is you're like, no, stop fouling. Let the game end. Incredible emotion swings. I think I'm just going to bet the overs and or over-unders in all four of these games just for a little excitement. <laughs> I, I can't wait till the stories we have next year where we really go deep on some of this totals and spread stuff uh, during the regular season. But you're exactly right. If you have an under coming, you're almost hoping that game is close. So they did just play regular defense and let the clock run instead of that foul. If they're down six or seven, they're starting to foul. And then the points just go through the roof with the back and forth and saving the clock. I've seen some teams do it when they're down like 12 with a minute to go. It's like, I nuts. get where your head's at, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. Ah, unreal. Okay. Let's shift our attention to the final four. It is here. We are down to the last couple of teams, the wagon, choo, choo Gonzaga. We've got Baylor, Houston, and UCLA. So I know this tournament has made history for being the most upsets, uh, but ultimately you've got two number one seeds, a two, and then UCLA snuck in there. So if Michigan had one, you got three, one seeds and a two seed. That's pretty much chalk right there. So glad that UCLA, uh, snuck in there here. Um, let's go uh, game by game here. Let's break it on down and let's get our picks. So Mr. Model, do you want to uh, introduce the games and the lines for us, please? Yes, sir. So the first game is kicking off at 514 PM Eastern time. Houston versus Baylor Uh, in this one, the line that we're seeing uh, usually across the board, Houston is favored by right around five points or so money line. We're seeing them at minus 200 minus 210 minus 225, depending on the book. And the total that we're seeing is uh, right around 134 and a half or 135. I will say the one call out for this game. And I I think it's an interesting one because it's the only one I have for the games that we have left so far. I actually think the model likes Houston in this game at the given spread. And um, the lines that we're seeing right now, I don't think respect Houston as much as they should. So, for example, when I ran my model, it actually thinks Houston is a slight favorite, you know, one to two point favorite in this game in general. Um, Whereas we're seeing them as a five point underdog. And I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up to five and a half or even six by tip off. So to me, this is going to be something that I'm going to sit on and wait. Um, I already have a huge feature on Houston, so I'm not sure I'm actually going to to bet that since I kind of technically already have money going on them in this matchup. But if I had to pick one bet to make this weekend, it would be Houston plus five, plus five and a half, plus six, if that uh, line creeps up at all. Absolutely love it. Coulter, what are you making in that game? 
I, I actually concur when I first looked at it, when I was watching, and this is important too, and you, your gut reaction is, oh, Baylor's going to blow the doors off of Houston. That's yep. what I was thinking Agreed. Monday night after watching Agreed. those two games. But uh, I agree with everything Mr. Model said. I think this game more is like a, point, a plus two. I think they're, Baylor's getting a little overvalued because they blew out a public team in Villanova, and then they look really good against an Arkansas team that was pushed to the wire against Oral Roberts that uh, was – I mean, they beat Colgate and covered, but I mean, that's an easy first round game. And then I think against Texas tech, I mean, that was their one good win in the tournament, but I mean, this is an Arkansas team that I, I was rooting for cause I had in my final form or my brackets, but they were ultimately, I think more of a disappointment and cause Baylor blew them out. They're getting a little bit overvalued here. I have to go with Houston, um, you know, not to jump ahead to the other game, but I like Houston and a teaser with UCLA um, four and a half points is minus one ten. Um, I like those knotted up together. I, I know Gonzaga is a covering machine, but I think the public is just pounding them uh, through the roof. Uh, so I just have to take UCLA and get a little extra juice. And then Houston nine and a half is, I think, one of the best bets of the year. So, I mean, I'm basically just taking UCLA and at that point plus 19. So I, I like that. Very elaborate, that teaser. Um, yeah, uh, yes, to me, Houston, they're impressive and they've been grinding out some victories. Uh, they absolutely blew the doors off of Syracuse. But I think most people, except for me, who predicted that maybe Syracuse might win that game outright, uh, saw that coming. So um, I don't know. I, I was never impressed with Baylor uh, in that Arkansas game. Like, obviously, they jumped out to a huge lead. Um, but when you saw the the second half of that game and you saw Arkansas creeping back, which I know it's kind of their, their M.O., uh, that's when you saw the real Baylor and it was a closer game than I think a lot of people thought. Uh, and if, if Arkansas could have played that entire game out the entire, uh, way they played in that second half, it would have been a whole different ball game hindsight 2020. So, uh, if you guys are all over Houston, the models loving it, uh, I'm jumping on board. Let's make this a double down Trent round Robin. Let's do it. Uh, I'm on board with Houston here to cover that number. Uh, Mr. Model, two questions for you. Yeah. One. Do you see a chance for Houston to win this outright? And second question, are you looking at a potential hedge with your future? Love those questions. Question number one, do I see a chance for Houston to win outright? Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually think that they probably have, if if you had to make me guess, I would put them at like a 45% chance to win this game in their own right. I, I don't think the the plus five that they're getting actually does the respect that they actually are going to get in the game, even if my eye test tells me otherwise. My eye test is very much on the Baylor bandwagon, but when I run my numbers, it's very much against my eye test and on this Houston squad of keeping it much closer than folks think. So absolutely do I think they have a chance in this game, and I very much think that they could fall their way into the championship against a likely Gonzaga foe. Wait, I, I have something big on this. This is a double down trend, double bonus best bet here on Houston. So at a book, you can get Houston money line. What do you see it at, Mr. Model, for this game? Right now, this, I this have, is going to be the this is going to be Kaiser Sose, the greatest <laughs> trick the devil ever pulled. You guys are going to clap I'm, your hands. I'm seeing that plus one eighty. That's okay. what I have. What if I could turn that plus one eighty into plus three twenty five? Oh, yes. I'm listening. Okay. So there is a bet on Bovada right now. National tournament runner up, Houston, plus 325. So in this scenario, you want Gonzaga versus Houston, Gonzaga to route Houston, and you get plus 325 on that. That is terrific. 
you're basically getting 325 Houston money line, in, in my opinion, because I did that. I don't that see, is I do not see this Houston team beating Gonzaga. I do not no, see no. them beating Gonzaga. No. I, I love that bet. I think that I, I think, think there's, there's a tremendous amount of value there. In that, yes. Yeah. You and, and they still very that. much they very well could lose to, to Baylor, but if you get them plus 325 to win outright and then to go play a likely foe of Gonzaga. I think that is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I think you even, there's a bet on here. Exact finals Gonzaga to beat Houston plus three, 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 which is even more. That's just slightly more. That's an exacta though. So that you lose the bet, even if it doesn't happen. So if they lose to, to Baylor, so like, yeah. I don't like that as much, but, uh, well, <laughs> You just pulled the old infomercial. What if I told you there's a way I can take you to where you want to be? (laughs) Man. I guess that first one is the same, though. So it's the same if if Houston loses, then then you're out. But, yeah, that would be a much better way of attacking attacking this game than purely betting the money line that we're seeing right now. Absolutely. And you almost get a little bit of value on Gonzaga in the championship game. If if, if, it, if the outcome is Gonzaga Houston, you don't even have to bet the game because you you have Houston you to want. lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you, that, that, that's like the exact way you want to have it set up. Is like, I mean, again, Houston has to win, but this is like a great value prop. If they do win, they're going to lose. I think in the next game, personally. I love that. Yeah. Can I ask, what are you seeing for Baylor in that same situation? Baylor is even money. Oh, actually, you know what? I shopped around. So on uh, on FanDuel, however you are, you can get Gonzaga and Baylor. Gonzaga to beat Baylor in Exacta at plus one twenty five, or you can get it at even for them to be the national runner up. So in that situation, if you get even, you're saying they either lose to Gonzaga or UCLA. If you get plus one twenty five, you're getting just Gonzaga exactly to beat them. You're eliminating UCLA. Hmm. And just just to put all these numbers into comparison, so like the Gonzaga defeats Houston, you have that at plus three twenty-five. I'm seeing an exacta at plus two forty here in Colorado. So plus three twenty-five, far and away the best number that I've seen. And then Gonzaga defeats Baylor. What do you have? You have plus one twenty-five. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing in FanDuel. And I have that at exactly plus one hundred. So again, way better numbers that you're seeing than mm. me. Coulter, I may have to send you a box of ziti. I'm going to be in Colorado. Oh yeah, you'll be out there. <laughs> there you go. Boom. All right. All right. Um, I think I'm, that could I'm, be a way I'm, to do I'm it. sharpening my knives here. You know. <laughs> oh man, love that. Okay, so we're all on all on the Houston train. I love it. May even uh, pull the patented, do it both ways, money line and spread. We'll see. I would love to get a real math expert in to know, like, so you're basically essentially betting three games. You're betting Gonzaga money line, Houston money line, Gonzaga money line. Does that all add up to plus three twenty five, or is it something less? Because there, there lies the value. Correct. Yeah, and that wouldn't be hard. Like, we could certainly talk about that offline. Um, that wouldn't be hard for us to calculate and figure out. So, for example, I'm seeing like spreads already on possible championship games. And if like a Baylor played Gonzaga, 
Gonzaga would be a five and a half point favorite. If Gonzaga played Houston, Gonzaga would be a nine point favorite. And then we could just turn that spread into a money line and then kind of do the math to say, put all the money yeah. lines together and see what the odds are and compare kind of what that, what you're seeing right now. Um, I like it. Lots of value on that board. All right. Let's jump over to the Gonzaga UCLA game. Everyone thought Gonzaga would be here. No one. I don't think anyone's got UCLA in their final four, but a hell of a run to go from the first four to the final four. I think they're the second team uh, behind VCU to do this. So hats off. I mean, they are UCLA. It's a big time program. They've got a big time coach in Mick Cronin. And uh, I, I'm going to blink on this guy's name, but is it Johnny Juzang? Juzang. Man, Juzang. he balled out. He played incredible. I think he had like 18 of the first like 25 points that they scored. So he looked incredible. He's a big time player. Tra- uh, transfer from Kentucky, I think. Okay. You see that that adds up. That makes more sense to me. But not like UCLA can't attract talent. They've just had a couple of down years here. So, Mr. Model, why don't you give me the uh, the lines here for that Gonzaga UCLA game? Yep. So this game is going off um, later in the day. This is uh, 8:34 Eastern start. UCLA Gonzaga. Gonzaga huge favorite in this game. I'm seeing a 14 point favorite minus 1100 money line, and the over under right now is right around 145. What's your initial read on this game? Yeah, so what, when I ran my numbers on this game, uh, everything looked to be um, spot on or very close. So I think I remember running that Gonzaga was going to win this by about 13 points. And then I think I had something like 144 and a half as the total for this game. So to me, this was a 100% stay away. Um, the only thing I would think about doing on this game is trying to turn my features into uh, some money makers here based on what action I already have down. Okay. Coulter, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I, I like, uh, as I mentioned earlier, UCLA teased with Houston. So that's probably what I'm, what I'm going to probably angle at. I might take a little UCLA, uh, 14 because I, I like this, this, uh, exact of Gonzaga beating Baylor or Gonzaga beating Houston. So therefore I'm kind of putting all my, my eggs in these kind of weird futures, um, uh, you know, that are entangled with Gonzaga winning and Baylor, um, or Houston, but so therefore I'm just kind of like, therefore I root for the spread in the UCLA game while having, you know, other plays, you know, kind of open for the future. So that's how I'm going to look at that one. Uh, I also thought the number was a little light in the total, um, at 145. um, for a Gonzaga game, this team has been humming and I know Mick Cronin's defense has been great, but, uh, Kaz, you mentioned it, horrible shot selection from Michigan down the stretch in that game. Uh, and let's not forget let's actually let's break this down a little bit here for the total here. So let's just think about that region, that East region, UCLA got by Alabama, a team that couldn't hit free throws at the end of the game. They, they had to get a game winning deep three. They were missing shots left and right. Michigan could not buy a basket underneath the hoop, terrible shot selection late in the game. I also thought they missed some big free throws. This was a a horrible, horrible uh, region Uh, the Abilene Christian who UCLA played. That was a horrendous offensive team. One of the worst ever to advance to the round of 32. So just a litany of bad offensive teams throughout this region uh, that uh, UCLA emerged from. They haven't seen a thing like Gonzaga. So I think their defense might be a little overinflated. And if the Zags are roaring up to 90 points in this game, 
I, I have to think that UCLA chasing them, uh, they go over what is that sixty we would need or something like that. If it's ninety sixty, that's all we not need. Not even, yeah. Yep. And I mean, I, I'm not. I know that sounds drastic, considering they're playing in a football stadium and UCLA's defense has been great. But hell, Gonzaga put up eighty five on USC, and I thought USC's big guys were going to hold them down at least a little bit. But nope, no Surrey. Yeah, I, I've been all in their uh, their overs as well. I mean, like I said, I, I bet the over last game against USC. Missed it by two, but I see a similar scenario playing out here is that I do think that UCLA can score. Um, you know, when you saw the Michigan game, Michigan, UCLA, it's 51 49 makes you think UCLA can't score. They can put up points. So I just think the style of play with that Michigan game led to a low scoring game. They're both two really good defenses, but you look back at the week before UCLA, Alabama, UCLA won 88 78. So they can score. Um, and I do like the idea of Gonzaga being up big and UCLA kind of, you know, coming back a little bit, chipping away a little bit and driving that score up. I will take a look at that over. Um, I just like, you know, life's too short to bet the unders. That's one of the, uh, the little models that I picked up along my way here. doesn't always pay off for me, obviously, here uh, as I lost the last one here. But I'm on board of the Gonzaga train. Choo-choo. So I'm going to take them uh, to cover. They're just a covering machine here. So I'm going to take Gonzaga to cover here. I had one more point on the total. Uh, this is a rare final four uh, for the listeners. and th- This provides a little bit of value on the overs. And as you just said, it's too life's too short to bet the unders. So here's the reason why you want to bet the over this weekend. I know it's square to bet the overs, yada, yada, yada. But these teams actually just played in the <clears throat> final four venue. I mean, that's a huge advantage, right? All these games are played on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday, I believe, at Lucas Oil. And they're going to be played there again. Um, which is unlike any final four. So they have actually adjusted to the shooting advantage and, or the, the disadvantage I should say. And uh, I think the line is suppressed because they're expecting the shooting to be down in this game. And I actually think these teams have adapted to the environment. They've been in Indianapolis for a while now. Um, I think they're also going to just be Jones to play They're the late game. They're going to have to wait for Baylor. So I, I just think Gonzaga might just be a buzz. So I can see them getting to 80 very easily and, what if UCLA hangs close? What if it's 80 to 70 you cash there too? Yep. Uh, Mr. Model, do you think I'm crazy here? And, and as well as Coley to bet this over because I lost by two points last week with the 153 number. This one's a little lower. So I feel like I, I like this a little better. I, I think if you want to attack the over, I think you shift and actually look at the Gonzaga team total mm. and maybe use that because the, the scenarios that both of you are starting to allude to is that Gonzaga gets up ahead and is p- continuing to play fast. And that to me, then if that's going to be true, then you're going to see Gonzaga likely hitting more of their shots than whatever the team total is currently set at. And I, I don't have it up in front of me, but that might be a better a way. Half. 80 and a half. Mm-hmm. So then, then to me, that gives you almost nine and a half points. Cause you, if you're talking of like expecting them to get to 90, you know, you instead are rooting for their team total of 80 and a half, or maybe even the team total first half, um, as something to do there. I think what, what you'll see from UCLA, this is a team that their tempo is uh, 338 out of 350 or so 360 teams. So this is one of the slowest teams in division one basketball, and if they're going to be close in this game, they're going to go molasses speed. They they wanted something exactly like they just did to Michigan, 51-49, just in the trenches, defense, turnovers. They're going to try to slow Gonzaga down however possible. So to me, I'm almost wanting to remove the risk and variance of having them on the offensive end and purely 
hone in on Gonzaga itself and take them as a team total over or t- attack this a different way and stay away from the general game over. They have uh, exceeded 80 or 80 and a half, depending on where you're looking at it in every one of their matchups. So I kind of like that, Mr. Model. Good analysis. This is why you are a math guy, our sharp guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not always sharp, but try. <laughs> um, okay. So assuming we get Gonzaga, Let's go over both scenarios here. Gonzaga, Baylor and Gonzaga, Houston. Uh, Mr. Mono, let's start with you. Is it just going to be the steamroll? Gonzaga is cutting down the nets. I think obviously the most interesting one that everyone um, already knows Gonzaga Baylor, that's going to be a much closer game that that future championship game, that line, if it comes out would be right, right around five and a half. Um, So, you know, if you assume five and a half, that's going to be very similar to what we're seeing today and that, the money line behind that would be Gonzaga, 67% likely to win uh, Baylor 33. Um, so, you know, that one to me has the most appeal. And because these two teams were set to play early this year, and then one thing led to another with COVID, that game got canceled. You know, would love to see that that match actually come to fruition. Um, I think the, the other ones are, are much farther away and don't have the narrative uh, as something like that. A Gonzaga-Houston, for example, would be a nine-point uh, spread and I think Gonzaga would. Uh, while Houston does have good defense, I think Gonzaga would put that away pretty quickly. Yeah, Coulter, what do you think? Oh, I mean, if it's Gonzaga Houston, that's you got to take off the uh, rubber band for that one. I I just don't see how Houston can score with them personally. Uh, just like I don't really can see. To be honest with you, quite frankly, I don't see how UCLA can either. But uh, fourteen is such an unattractive number. Um, but yeah, no, I I like the, in the value section of this I, I do like a situation where it's Baylor losing to Gonzaga or Houston losing to Gonzaga I think that's the situation I'm going to try to attack yeah uh, like I said I got the future with Gonzaga so I think they win what the line will be uh, you know depending on who they play that might be something we'll look at and uh, and, and analyze um, but I, I just think this is going to be Gonzaga's tournament to lose and I don't think they're going to lose they just seem too good too poised um, a lot of people are talking about the excitement of the Gonzaga Baylor matchup. And I get that they're two really good teams. Gonzaga on the precipice of making history here. Baylor's a one seed. They dominate all year, but there's just no, there's no national draw for either of these teams. It's not like you're getting like Duke Kentucky or, you know, someone, some of the blue bloods. I know UCLA is in it, but I don't think they've got any shot to win. It's just not a national draw. So we're going to see uh, how that does as a TV number, but uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a game either way. I will be, uh, if it ends up as Gonzaga Baylor in the championship, I will be rooting for Baylor big time. Give me those bears. <laughs> okay. Trying to spite my future. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, any, uh, any closing thoughts here? We're keeping this one concise to the final four. We got a lot on the, the sports docket here, but we're talking final four here. So any final parting thoughts here, Mr. Model? I think the one shout out I would have is uh, good riddance to uh, UNC uh, basketball coach. He retired or earlier today, Roy Williams, uh, phenomenal coach. I should give him a lot of credit. Obviously moved from Kansas over to UNC has had a fantastic career age 70 now says he's not the right guy uh, for the job and is taking his retirement uh, or maybe something else that we don't know. And then the other big news of the day, Chris Beard, moving from Texas Tech over to Texas as a new head coach there. That should be fascinating to see. Can't believe he's leaving Lubbock, heading to Austin. But uh, you can imagine that Texas will be a contender here in the very short future. 
Yeah. Did we call that Shaka was going to get fired? I know he didn't get fired, but I mean, he he, he, he had to get forced out. It was behind the scenes. He yeah. was asked to leave and he yeah. found his place in Marquette. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that was an inexcusable loss that he had there. So it makes sense there. Uh, Coulter, how about you? Any final parting thoughts here for the listeners? Yeah, when you lose to Abilene Christian, you're going to be out of a job if you're Texas's men's basketball coach. <laughs> and end of discussion. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for these games. I think, uh, you know, cynically, I've been making fun of the Gonzaga UCLA storyline that they're going to pipe down our throat on Saturday night. But I, I love the fact that you get the uh, all time winning, you know, program across the country in America, 11 championships and then 19 Final Four berths. Uh, there's no question in my mind, someone was trying to pick an argument with me earlier about Duke being the premier program in America. And I said, you can go move to Greenland or Norway or wherever the hell you want to go. UCLA is the premier. I do not care. They had four undefeated seasons. Uh, Gonzaga's trying to make history and that's cool, but wake me up when they have four undefeated seasons. Anyways, they're the 11 seed. They're playing the role of David and Gonzaga's the Goliath and they're the, uh, the program, that little program from Spokane, Washington, that's now become a national powerhouse, top five draft pick in their on their team and all sorts of other talent. So that would be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to this weekend for sure. Yeah. Great point there about UCLA. Uh, just wow that they're playing the same. Oh, I, I couldn't believe that the Duke, uh, I was like, you know what? Duke is relevant. Don't get me wrong. They're probably culturally more relevant too because of the Leitner thing, but Jeez, gee whiz, respect your elders. I also think saying the Red Sox are better than the Yankees historically. It's like, just take a fucking hike. It's like (laughs) 20 years of short history does not erase the previous hundred years of utter domination. Like, go walk. Take a walk. Well said. I uh, I think uh, Coach K should take a little hat tip there from Roy Williams too, and just uh, you know exit out the door. Oh uh, yeah, I like what Mr. Model said about Roy too. I mean, uh, thirty-five straight advanced uh, years in the tournament. It's great. Yeah, you know, quite an accomplishment. Unbelievable. Well, what we'll probably end up doing here is because obviously we can't record another episode before the national championship. We will tweet out our official picks uh, on Monday. You'll get Mr. Models, you get Coulter's, you get mine. So we'll put that out there on Twitter. Um, Yeah, another great episode. We will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.